Hey Raj, um, I'm excited that we're doing this again. So this is uh, episode two of the Goodman podcast, and uh, uh, I think that we've got a very interesting topic that we're going to be covering today. Exciting times, Megan. Thank you for for doing this, and yeah, excited to kind of be and doing this this lovely Goodman podcast, as it were. So yeah, let's let's dive right into it. Cool. So um, today we're going to deep dive into a subject that's been buzzing in the tech and the creative worlds, which is AI-generated content versus human-crafted content. And there is so much to cover on this topic. I think we're going to probably revisit it several times. Um, but I think that right now the biggest concerns are, A, where to draw the line between automating content and retaining that kind of essential human touch, and B, how to strike the perfect balance between the efficiency that AI gives uh, content uh, creators and uh, the, obviously finding the balance with that human creativity. So, Raj, I'm glad we've got you to unpack the, the pros and the cons and everything in between uh, to help our listeners and me, of course, make informed decisions about uh, content creation. So um, maybe let's dive straight in. Where does the line uh, lie when it comes to letting AI automate content versus keeping that human touch? Yeah, I mean, before we get into the subject matter itself, I think let's understand how we create this AI. What, what do we actually do to build the AI? And that will help us understand what we should be doing with it. So the first step is understanding where okay. it came from. So AI is a branch of computer science, which is designed by engineers, scientists, uh, and AI professionals to kind of create the same intelligence as human beings. They do that by training it with a lot of data. Pretty much the entire Google data kind of goes into it and it's fed uh, and it's what we do is before we actually create that, that content uh, and put it in or feed it into the, the machine, the AI machine as it were, the black box as it were, we make sure that it is the right content for the AI. So it's trained on the right data. Effectively, when you have this all put in and you put the, the, the different parts to it, it forms like a neural network, a bit, a bit like the human brain, which kind of which we have. And it mimics that. So it has these kind of conditions in it. It kind of forms the optimal path to kind of come up with the answers. That's important to understand because first, the most important thing is that all the content which has been fed into it is is the way it kind of then generates the intelligence to create the content. So what we put in is what you get out. Mm -hmm. It's not magic as such. It's not something which is just like you know voodoo or something like that. So it's not that at all. It's all you know simple science and mathematics which goes into it so where do you draw the line really interesting question and i think the answer lies in when do you ask this question we are still evolving in this journey of ai it's not done yet gpt4 is not the end of ai or neither neither is claude 2 for that matter which is anthropics uh, tool these are ever evolving tools and as we progress further, we will learn much more about content, AI, and the impact of AI. But today, what I'll say is that what we're seeing is some people are saying that ChatGPT 4 is not performing as well as it used to a few months back, for instance. This is now in mm -hmm. September 2023. People say there's about 5 
decrease in its effectiveness. Uh, at, at the same time, we have Claude 2 just come out as making waves. We can, you can do large content types that you can put into it and summarize for you and create that. So the answer lies in where we are in that journey. I would say if I was to use the analogy of the Industrial Revolution and when the industries came into being, we saw that we went from handmade stuff into machines, but still QA or quality assurance was a big part of it. And that will never change. So we have to make sure that whatever we create through AI is thoroughly checked. Alongside that, what we put into it, and in today's terminologies, that would be the prompting, the prompt engineering. That has to be accurate. That has to be precise. That has to be enough that it understands the context of it. And that in itself is a art and a science. And that requires training as well. So I would say at least if nothing else, the beginning from engineering and the quality assurance at the end is required. But many a times, from my own experiences, and I'm sure you as, as well, Brad Megan, they re reiterate and have a tutorial process to create the, the best outcome. So it's generally not as simple, straightforward, you put in, you get out. It's multiple iterations before you can get the perfect answer. That needs knowledge, that needs intelligence. Yeah. I mean, I I would classify myself as an an AI augmented writer. Um, I do use AI tools, um, but I've never taken uh, copy pasted content directly from uh, ChatGPT or Perplexity or Claude to and sub submitted that. I mean, there's still a lot of stuff uh, that you have to do from a human perspective to make sure that that content is um, is uh, it has the human touch. And this leads to my next question is, why is the human touch considered so important in content creation? Um, could you maybe share some instances where a lack of human touch led to, uh, you know, content failing to connect with an audience um, or, you know, maybe a, a case study or uh, an example that you've experienced where um, AI content has been copy pasted. I mean, we can obviously go down the route and maybe we need to have a, a separate discussion about this in a later stage about uh, model decay and how feeding, um, uh, how AI is generally now feeding itself with AI created content. And that's why things are, are, um, are kind of devolving for, uh, for chat GPT and, and models like that. But um, let's obviously keep this uh, directly connected to content and human. So why is the human touch considered so important? Well, simple answer being, and this, I'll, gi I'll give examples to kind of narrate what I'm looking to kind of talk about, which is recently I was involved in helping build a tone for, for a audience of uh, a B2B customer base. And in there, the requirement was to create something which is unique to the uh, the client's voice and tone. Now, if we enter that into ChatGPT, we will spit out, well, the generic tones which you might want to use for a B2B company. But this company was very clear that they want a unique voice. That requires, that itself requires a perception. It requires some sort of thought process. And what kind of tone you require, which requires to be creative. Now, AI can be creative, but what it's really doing is to remix 
the information already has. So when it has information before from various sources, it's mixing it together. But for real creativity, you need to kind of dive a bit deeper and be open to experimentation to a great level. Now, based on what we call temperature in AI, it can hallucinate or be creative, or it can be, you know, zero, temperature zero, which basically means it's just telling you what you want to hear and there's no creativity whatsoever. As human beings, mm. we are always oscillating between being very creative and not creative. And we know when to do that. For example, when we're in a formal scenario, we are a bit more controlled. We want to use language which is not, uh, which is not optimal for the scenario. Whereas equally, when you talk about sort of um, the instance of you know informal setting or being creative, you, you will dial up the temperature as it were in, in our minds and be think out of the box scenario, blue ocean strategy. It's really hard for it to know what to do when, and that's when you require hum, human inputs. You require when to be creative, when not to be creative. What is the limit to which you can be creative? That is all. It's all human elements. Analogy of machines. Sometimes if you're looking to just create simple products, put in the machine, you get it out. Imagine a machine which you have to build, say, different outputs every time. Let's say like a 3D printer, you have to get a human being involved in it. Because then you can get the, the, the different outcome. And for that matter, you, we need to be, you know, be open to being creative and hence having human involvement at, at all times. Yeah, yeah. Now, the human involvement obviously comes in the form of prompting. Um, I mean, we're, we're talking about the, the content creation itself, not necessarily how the model was trained, because obviously the training also requires human intervention to, to set parameters, etc. Um, so the, the prompting is probably that that kind of prompts um, human AI. It, it's the interface between human and AI is, is the prompt. So this is where, I don't know if maybe you could clarify, is this where the AI struggles? Is this where us as humans struggle? Because I've had several times where I've used a, a tool like ChatGPT. Today, I write a prompt and it spits out almost exactly what I had conceived in my mind. Tomorrow, I use the same prompt on a different subject and what it gives me is like crazy. It's like nowhere close. So um in terms of the prompts, uh, is this the biggest struggle that AI has um, in creating content, or is uh, is there another issue somewhere else in the um, in the creation process? So, to respond to your question, this is exactly a great question, Megan. It, it, is that there are three parts to it. There's prompting, there's the output, there's quality assurance, and that leads to another another loop of prompting and then output, and then quality assurance. This is a recurring loop. When we typically put stuff into tools like ChatGPT or other generative AI tools, we expect a style of output. And when we, when we don't see that, we then do QA on it, and we work on our prompts, for example, again, to modify them. Or we realize that the data we provide is not enough, so we add more data to it. Sometimes it understands because it has the context of what we're looking for, but many a times, to be precise, to be thorough, you need it to be to be provided with the requirement and the input. That's one. 
Number two, which is a very important part of prompt engineering is how do you format the output? There are several courses on that where one has to clearly define how do you want the output. I'm not talking about straight up table or not, but also giving it sequences, for example, so that it doesn't give us unexpected results. Especially really important when you're programming with AI, because in AI programming or programming and using AI tools within it, you need to have standardized outputs. So all that requires several levels of experimentation and only human can tell you if the results they see is correct. And if it's not, then they will reiterate on that process and add some more prompts. And that is a very creative job. And this is why it's a bit of a science, a bit of an art. Mm-hmm. So um, taking that into consideration, um, do you have a specific strategy for combining AI and human creativity to create uh, content that that hits the tone in in terms of your your brand, um, in in terms of audience engagement, in terms of being um, slightly outside of the box. Uh, that it you know what what is the strategy for combining AI and human creativity the most optimally? The simple strategy is to give it somebody else to do it for me. But um, apart from that, I, I would say. <laughs> Above now, I would say that the other strategy is to be very thorough. I actually create a lot of templates internally. And if you look at my notebooks where I save stuff, for example, online, I've got tons and tons of templates. I often wonder if I do more job than the AI itself on, on, on the initial prompting. And, you know, sometimes I, I wonder if there's, <laughs> there's enough output there. But my role, I feel, is to really standardize the process. And so being an engineer, I love that thing. So I keep different templates, and these templates then effectively become prompts. These prompts are then used to input in. Mm. So when I'm, for example, when we're doing survey analysis, I have a prompt for that. Uh, when we're doing, for example, content creation, there's a prompt for that. In fact, in my latest company, I've asked the team to kind of create a prompt for answers and responses in our tone of voice as well now i must admit it's not always perfect oh, wow. but it does a good enough job to get it started mm. yeah yeah um yeah i you just coming back to the prompts that you've got all these templates um it's one of the things that uh, i've noticed is that sometimes you spend so much time uh creating the prompt that you actually could have just created the piece itself from from the word go, um, you know, you, instead of taking all of the uh, all of your time uh, creating a prompt, you could have just written the piece yourself. So um, yeah, uh, there's I think that's one of the pros and cons. But you get better at it once when once you've worked with with the um, the the platform um, a little bit more. You know, it's just getting comfortable with it. Yes, that's that's very true. I think also we need to remember that for certain scenarios. Prompts don't work because it requires a lot of previous knowledge, which the AI might or might not have. Now, bear in mind that there's also mm. tools, open source AI tools we don't talk about quite often, but they are an important part like Facebook, Lambda, and everything else. That's uh, Yammer, sorry. It, it, you know, all these different things play into matter as well. 
And as they launched new versions of AI, generative AI tools, maybe we have a different problem to solve in the future. But at this point in time, there's a lot of reiterating on that. And as I hear the traffic on chat GPT is going down as well. Uh, I think people are realizing that this, initially they thought this is the answer to, uh, to all their prayers. And then, then they realize, well, maybe not. We still need real human beings involved in, in, in this business of ours. Yeah, yeah. So um, we're coming to the end of uh, of the the episode, and um, I want to uh, set you a challenge in in thirty seconds, around thirty seconds. Um, what actionable takeaway can listeners walk away with from today's discussion? If if they had to implement one thing from today's discussion, what would you uh, suggest that that be? Number one, I would say is build a lot of templates which are prompts for yourself for ChatGPT like tools. Number two, try different tools. This is a, a fast evolving space. So don't just limit yourself to ChatGPT and, and perplexity. Experiment and learn. Number three, if you don't get the answer you're expecting, feel free to reiterate on the prompt and redo that work. Because at the end of the day, that will help you with one thing, just scaling up your content production. So it will help you with that, but you still will need mm-hmm. QA and you will still need human intervention both at the start and prompting, as I mentioned, the QA part. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Raj. Um, this has been most enlightening and I think that we're going to be revisiting this topic several times in, um, in the coming months. Um, and yeah, um, I'm excited about recording the uh, the next topic. Uh, the next one coming up is also super exciting, um, and we're going to be talking about um, the, you know how to use AI's uh, capabilities to kind of supercharge your business. So um, yeah, uh, for for the listeners, watch out for that one as well. Exciting. <laughs>